Hello and welcome to the Jerick Show. I'm Javad Malik and alongside me, unfortunately, as always, is none other than Eric Crone. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, it's just, it's great to be here today. Great to be here today. Looking at you reminds me of the time a horse walks into a bar and orders a beer and the bartender says, why the long face? Ha. Ha ha. Ha. Ah. So it works been that good this week, has it? It's it's definitely been a week or two, you know. And and, and you know, I think we may have something to talk about with that. We do, we do. And this isn't just our opinion; it's not a falsified opinion. This is from highly respected uh, doctors and medical researchers, and probably the the who, not the band, the the World Health Organization. <laughs> yes, they, indeed. Yeah, it's so talking about pandemic burnout, what is that all about? Yeah, it's you know, it's definitely a thing, and I, I don't know about you, I actually feel it too. Here, um, you know, I, I know that normally we we do definitely, you know, everyone faces burnout in their jobs, um, especially in, in InfoSec and, and cybersecurity, it's all fast paced, it's always go, 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 and the stakes are so high, right. Um, it, it's very, it's very much a challenge to stay motivated and not get discouraged. Um, and so, you know, we always face that anyways, but what they found out here was there's been a significant jump in burnout with the pandemic. Um, and, and I, I absolutely understand that. I mean, we had so many changes go on and now, uh, we're working in different work environments, many of us from home. And uh, if you're anything like me, Javad, I come in here into my office in the day and uh, I, I don't leave it much all day long. You're in here over and over again, day after day after day after day. And, uh, you know, it, it gets to where we're blurring our work and life. And that's obviously contributing to it even more. I completely agree. I, I come in here in the morning and then I don't leave. And even though I've got like a, a treadmill beside me over here, I've got a gym there, I've got a TV and a PlayStation, nothing gets used. I'm just pretty much sit myself down here. And, and one thing I find, especially in our jobs uh, where we are uh, often required, like prior to burnout, we would uh, burn out <laughs> prior to the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> We'd often go to events and conferences and present there. And the way it used to work was you'd uh, there's an event going on, so you'd leave in the morning, you'd get there, you'd network with people over breakfast, you'd listen to some of the other talks, you'd take some ideas away, you'd exchange business cards, you'd give them feedback, you'd normally deliver your own presentation. You'd answer questions afterwards. Some people would uh, have some questions or disagree with you or, 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 or want some more clarification about what you spoke about. And it would be a very good learning experience. It would it'd be a very rich experience. And, and then you'd come home and in between, maybe you'd get a few urgent emails and you'd respond to that. Uh, and now that's all lost. So now the, the typical day is like, if, if I have a presentation at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll log on to the platform at about half past nine. Maybe I'll catch the tail end of the talk previously. Um, but at that time, I'm more worried about, does the audio work? Is my internet going to flake out? Are any of my kids going to run into the room? Um, I'll do my my presentation. And a lot of these organizers are learning how to do a, a, a virtual conference as they go along. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, that's over. Oh, and now I have my whole days of work to do. And maybe that will involve another presentation later in the day. 
So it just feels very uh, fully on all the time. There's not enough time to have any of those rich interactions. And it's just it just almost feels very operational. It's almost like everything's a ticket and you're just like going through them in priority order, trying to get get through them. So I, I definitely do feel it. I do feel it's it's I wouldn't say I'm I'm burnt out, but I definitely feel it's it's not as pleasurable as it used to be uh, in the day job. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for the human interaction within an office environment or within whatever environment it is. You know, like you said, uh, I've traveled a lot. And just even the human interaction out and about meeting new people, seeing new things, um, that, that constant stimulus from different things like that, and, and just being able to talk to people face to face uh, is a big deal that I think um, a lot of people don't realize how much they miss. Now, uh, I know there's been folks that have worked from home for a long time, and of course, you get used to that and you deal with that there. But under the pandemic, there's been limited opportunities to even get out and away from that. Like, I know you've worked from home for quite some time. Um, I typically have not. Um, and so it's different for both of us there. But I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that the pandemic has definitely increased, um, you know, the challenges in our jobs. And I think that's that's leaning, leaning towards a burnout part. I mean, there's days that you walk away from the screen right now and I'm just I'm, I'm spent. I got nothing left, you know, and I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like you alluded to before, there's that blurring of home and, and work life because it's not just me that's burnt out. It's the kids that are burnt out from yeah. being at home all day or the wife. And so I'm finished. I go in and my wife's like, you look after the kids now or the kids want some attention. And I'm spent, they're spent, everyone's spent. Yeah. So it just feels like there's not real much respite anymore. And, you know, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Yep. So, I mean... For everyone out there, keep your chin up. Uh, try to do some stuff. Get out and about. Walk around some. Make sure you're taking breaks. Um, that's all important stuff that that you need to do. And you know, reach out to people on the phone, which is a weird thing for some uh, some age groups and demographics. Um, but you know, maybe call somebody, chat with them like that. Um, you know, it, it may help you out there. But be aware of the fact that this is you're not alone if you're feeling this right now. That's right. So moving on to something more cheery and uh, upbeat, Barnes & Noble <laughs> got hacked. Uh, so Barnes & Noble, their big book company, well, they were really bigger before Amazon started eating everyone's lunch, but they're still um, one of the larger book publishers out there. And uh, talk us through what happened here, Eric. Yeah, so um, apparently on uh, October 10th, they ended up um, getting some sort of having some sort of a breach happen. And, and I haven't seen details on this yet, but I know on the 15th, they notified a bunch of people that uh, their information had been um, uh, compromised. OK, so they had a breach. Um, they did say that it wasn't credit cards. It wasn't some things like that, but it was their um, home address, uh, their email address, their phone number. Stuff like that, which honestly, for scammers and, and attackers, that's brilliant when you can put all that kind of stuff together right there. It even had some order details and, and things like that. So um, unfortunately, you know, we don't know all the details of this. We don't know if it's ransomware with exfiltration, although I did hear that some uh, some folks had, had stated that they were having problems with their point of sale registers over the weekend, which could have been related to that. Um, we'll have to see kind of how that plays out. I do give them kudos, though for turning around and very, very quickly um, letting people know, right? They did inform the people pretty quickly. They gave them some information, um, although we don't necessarily know exactly what else is involved. 
Yeah, exactly. And and on the screen, there's the, the notice that they sent out. Let me just make that bigger. It's possible that your email address was exposed. As a result, you may received uh, may, may receive unsolicited solicited emails. And I think they, they should have been a bit more tied to their, like, you know, make it specific. It's not just unsolicited emails. They could be actually phishing emails. They could be impersonating Barnes & Noble. This is a, I think this was a learning opportunity, uh, an opportunity they could have provided some learning to their uh, customers. Um, but then again, kudos to them in the second paragraph. They're like, we don't know if any personal information was exposed. We do retain, uh, you know, whatever. So they, they, they're being quite open that, you know, they don't know exactly what happened or how it happened, but something did happen. Um, so I think, again, kudos to them for actually being quick on the ball and notifying their customers that something happened. I think maybe they just could have added in a bit more about, you know, the potential risks and what that actually means. Because I think one of the things that a lot of people, they, they, they'll, they'll frequently get emails from services that you've been breached. Now, unless you're a security professional or work in technology to a degree, you know, the, the question is, so what? What do you want me to do about it? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. 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 And I think that's that's where, you know, the communication from my perspective could have been a bit better. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, they, they should tell them a little bit more on that. Um, again, to my point, there's been a lot of breaches that we've seen where people don't know about it until months later. Um, you know, and, and we've highlighted here the way Twitter handled their issue and how quickly they were putting out information. I really hope they do some follow-up here from Barnes & Noble to their customers once they figure out more. Obviously, they're looking at what happened. I hope they don't just stop right here. Um, but yeah, you know, they kind of made it feel like, oh, it's no big deal when actually it could be more than just unsolicited emails. What does that mean? So you, you got a great point there. Yeah. So tinfoil hat moment. Um they were a huge book company. Now they're not as big. Maybe they're losing money. Do you think this is the equivalent of burning down the warehouse to claim insurance money and then like closing down the business? Yeah, I, I don't know about that yet, um, but they do run the risk of, of having some pretty significant fines here because they're a global organization. They sell all over the place. Um you know, there's definitely an opportunity that they could have some fines here. This is probably not going to be cheap for them. Um, and they've already been struggling for uh, the last few years with some pretty significant losses every year. Um, I mean, if you remember Barnes & Noble, they released the, uh, uh, it was a competitor for the uh, the Amazon Kindle. Um, what was it called? Uh, they, they had another one of those uh, e-readers. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, the marketing was great. We remember. Um, but they were one of the only <laughs> really gave them a run for the money in the beginning um but they've been just struggling so then you have something like this it's gonna you know obviously hit them pretty hard in the wallet regardless of how you look at it breaches are expensive to deal with all this stuff so it'll be interesting to see what happens it was called the nook apparently the nook the nook that's the one <laughs> yes, yes i knew some people that had that and apparently it was a pretty decent device um it just didn't have the juggernaut status of amazon that's it that's it. So anyway, uh, we, we we are getting close to our time, our self-imposed time limit, because we we know that people start dropping off at this point. But we have a Zynger offer story to end on. This is more, um, this, this caused quite a stir, a stir on the Twitters uh, here in the UK uh, a few days ago. And the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, um, they put out, well, allegedly well the hm government put out this allegedly um 
this this poster and uh you can see over here fatima's next job could be in cyber she just doesn't know it yet <laughs> nothing orwellian about that at, at all but uh it's part of a rethink reskill reboot um initiative by the the government and as you can see, uh, this ad is a disgrace. The total lack of respect for the arts by this dreadful government has to stop. Talk about also crushing young for performers' dreams. Rethink, reskill, reboot. How dare they? Said Anne Vessa while frothing at the mouth over her cup of tea in the morning. <laughs> so uh, th 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 this caused uh, quite quite a lot of controversy. Uh, actually, the the um, the uh, member of parliament for Department of um, Culture, Media and Sport, he came out on Twitter and said, this is not a government uh, approved or issued poster. This is a partner who, who put it out there. So it's like the old, let's blame the intern or let's blame the, the third party contractor or these were just meant for internal review only and don't know who leaked them. Um, so, so th there were lots of people that were upset. If I just scroll through some of these, uh, Fatima, be you. Don't let anyone else tell you you aren't good enough because you don't conform to their preconceived social norms. Uh, I don't think an advert has ever made me this angry or upset. Calm down, please. It's not good. UK government has become the dad in Billy Elliot. That must have been my favourite one. <laughs> Uh, so you know th this this went on and on, and there, there was a lot of people that were upset, both from um, the art side. There was I saw some videos. Someone posted up there. They were a ball they worked in, in they were a ballerina, I think, and she was like, "How much debt she's in, and how much she's destroyed her body to get into this position." She she feels it's, it's disrespectful for the government to say that her her art has no value now, and that she should become someone in cyber. Uh, there are people in security who were talking about how this is so tone deaf and, um, you know, you can't just willy nilly just waltz your way into a career in, in cyber. Um, the, the, the bigger perspective is that actually this was part of a, a larger campaign. It wasn't just ballerinas. Uh, and so they, they were a lot, they, they, there's actually part of a campaign. So you see one of the adverts is here, but there was people who were like engineers or mechanics and what have you. So it wasn't just targeting the arts. Um, so, so there is a bit more, more nuance there, but hey, why let the truth get in the way of a good bit of outrage? Well, this is definitely a lesson in how unintended consequences can come from this, right? You know, and, and everything you say or do or put out there could possibly be misconstrued um you know people are sensitive to certain things that that we may not realize um it's very very difficult to try to do that and you and i in in the the roles we're in where we tend to be very public all the time we try to be very conscientious of that right because we we just you just don't know um and I'll, i've seen people they didn't even mean to offend somebody or upset somebody and they said something that all of a sudden was a big deal and that was certainly not their intent, right? Uh, but this is a lesson in um, a couple of different things. One, we've become very sensitive to things um, in, in our modern world. Uh, and it's very easy to have a voice out there. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying that this is what we see now. So if this was prior in a print ad years ago, this probably even if it would have been horrible, you know, to the point that we don't know, rarely would have made a splash because nobody would have heard about it. Uh, 
Um, but these things really can get in there. And then, of course, people, once they see that point, sometimes they'll agree with that where they may not have seen it before, et cetera, et cetera. So it can kind of snowball. And for me, it's just it's a lesson in how quickly something with the semi good intentions can be taken wrong and or be made wrong. You're muted. You're doing a fine job on mute. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to hide my clicks, clicks as I was looking for something too relevant to, to share. <laughs> Timely topics poorly presented, folks. That's our tagline for a reason. <laughs> yes. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And there's... Um, hold on. Let me just get back to my screen properly. You have to be very, very careful as to what you say because people are very stressed out. It's 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 just a global phenomenon. People are severely stressed, and you have to be very, very sensitive to how you actually put across your message. It's really easy to just say, hey, that looks like a good campaign when you have job security or you have money in the bank and you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay next month's rent. But that isn't the case for a lot of these people. So you need to be very careful and conscientious about it all. And uh, people say about how there's outrage and there's uh, you, you can't post anything like this on social media without the pitchforks coming out. And I say you're lucky. Uh, you know, th this is like still it's just an online thing. And I, I'm reminded of this, uh, one of my favorite quotes by, by Mike Tyson, the philosopher of social media and uh uh, social media has made you way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Um, I, I know that's very true for Eric because if he was anywhere close to me, uh... <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, folks, thank you for staying with us, and we will see you next week on the Jerick Show. Stay secure, my friends. <laughs>